Hey, it's time for the Image Doctors Photography Podcast, and I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. And we're back with another exciting episode, <laughs> bringing the 21st century back to the 1980s, <laughs> as we're going <laughs> to describe. We're, we're going to hit the way back machine today, just almost, well, literally, um, and talk about some stuff that we did on our recent workshop, well, actually before our recent workshop in Santa Fe. Yeah, so on the way down there, and we drove down through um, Taos to to get to Santa Fe, partially because it's a fun way to go, and and a little bit prettier than going down I twenty five, but also because it let us um, just double check on some things that we were going to be going to, which is always a smart practice. Yeah. You Scouting your location is yeah. important. Yeah, but uh, we decided after some thought. Um, especially after a couple episodes ago to do some film shooting and uh, holy, I mean, I was surprised you could even buy film anymore, but it's there. <laughs> um, and this all sort of stemmed out of um, me bringing back my late grandmother's Olympus OM4 camera. Um, and while it needed some, it wasn't perfect. I, I was able to get it reconditioned to the point where I got the, the light seals replaced and they, they checked all the, the components out. And the good news was, is that the, the built-in meter was working just fine. The shutter speeds were accurate. Everything was, was correct. The bad news was I didn't have the, um, unfortunately due to a dead circuit board, I didn't have the internal LCD display to see what the actual settings were in the viewfinder. I could set them manually, of course. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't um, see what they were through the viewfinder. I could just set them on the lens. Um, and it so, wouldn't let you manually um, meter either, correct? Um, well, I wouldn't know what the readings were. <laughs> the right, meter exactly. worked. So, yeah, so manual was, was hard because um, I basically had, I had no way of, of knowing what the settings were. There was no meter needle. You, or, you had to <laughs> use a handheld meter right. and set the shutter right. speeds on which the, i had because we right. mentioned i brought exactly. back a handheld meter and it was just fine mm -hmm. um so i had two ways of shooting it one was uh just in auto and trusting the camera which was aperture priority um and i could tell that the shutter speeds were slower and faster so that was good uh, the other way was manual but then using the, the meter but mm -hmm. but the important thing was that okay we're going to just try this and, and shoot with and then you brought a different and i only had a 50 millimeter lens i had a 50 millimeter um prime f3.5 macro it was a mm -hmm. nice little lens very yeah. small very yeah. small what about you um i brought uh, a nikon f3 specifically a black f3t model that was one that had the titanium sort of body i don't know how much was really titanium <laughs> certainly at least the outer covering any rate i had that and i had you know a combination that i liked a lot in the past it was a 35 uh, 1 4 ais lens and 80 and an 85 1 4 ais lens nice. i figured that would probably be sufficient for what we were doing it was and then i i threw them all in a old domkey f6 bag nice that, that I used to use back in that same time frame. So complete retro experience. And then got myself some Ektar 100 color print film. And that's what good. I used. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, coincidentally, I was using 
a Domkey bag as well, although it's a it's a newer one, come out in the last ten years or so, mm-hmm. but it was still it was a more padded one. Um, mm-hmm. And I I was able to find a, I just asked my local shop what they had, and I I shot a roll of uh, Kodak Portra 160 ISO film, mm-hmm. um, which I'm still waiting to get back. But that's a different story. <laughs> that's, yeah, I that's took okay. mine to a different place that you know funny enough kind of evolved from the camera store company that i used to work for a long time ago so it was it was kind of a but they were quick so so how let's talk about you know what this was like well first of all we both i think the funniest thing was like we, we were both like well that's right i gotta remember how to load the film into the sprockets and make sure that it caught it was you know, so funny i mean it's been more than gosh how long has it been now since i've certainly more than 10 years probably more like 12 or 14 years and i had trouble getting the the film in the, to stay in the sprockets which <laughs> yeah. never was a problem all, i was just laughing the, at um, myself while i was doing it i was like really this yeah. is so easy yeah i i know i shot my last roll of film in early 2005 so that wow. just tells you where where it went long time that's so it's been a really long time um but it comes back to you. Um, I guess, you know, here's the thing with, with film and you know, we've talked about it as a, it's not the film for me necessarily, but it's a different mental approach that you get to shooting that, that changes when you have film versus digital. And that's, and that's the simple fact that you have a much more constrained number of shots you can make. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a 36 exposure roll. I think you did too. Um, mm-hmm. You've got to be really I had aware. An extra roll with me that I didn't use. Okay, I just had the one, and yeah. and and you really think a little bit more before you pull the trigger on on a shot. Uh, you want me to tell you something funny? Oh, I'm always up for it. All right. So, I actually took more shots than I would have with digital. Uh, more shots of the of those scenes that we you oh, know and okay. locations we were at i actually took more shots than i would with a digital camera and the reason well, being you know it was like well i wonder how rusty i really am mm-hmm. you know with um the exposure meter and all that kind of stuff and i just wanted to make sure some turned out decently so i actually ended up taking more than i would have with digital so it it, it cuts both ways right and it depends on your approach um easy to forget to wind the film you know oh that's right i got a i did that a few times the winder (laughs) Um, why doesn't the shutter release work and and you know with the with the stuff that i had we were in some pretty bright conditions early on just Mm -hmm. sunny 16 type of stuff and interestingly that OM4 only has a top shutter speed of one two thousandth of a second. Mm-hmm. And so I found it giving me beeps. I'm like, what's going on? I realized it was an overexposure warning uh, if I opened up too much. So I found myself having to stop down a few times because the camera just didn't have, you know, we have the luxury of being able to shoot now. Um, you know, most cameras will easily do a four thousandth of a second. Um, some of them will do 8,000 of a second, you know, it's, and, and those high shutter speeds come into play. If you want to shoot, um, wide open with fast glass in bright conditions that you have to have a right. fast shutter speed. And a lot of cameras will let you even go beyond 8,000 of a second up to 32,000 of a second with their electronic yeah, can be shutter crazy. modes. So it, it, yeah, mine, mine had a limit of 2,000 of a second as well. 
Um, but you know, the, the funny thing was for one, my exposures were dead on. <laughs> I didn't. And that's good. You know, I still know how to shoot apparently. Um, even without a electronic viewfinder telling me, you know, what's going on and showing me a histogram. It was a piece of cake. I just put it on manual exposure. Light wasn't changing really. So I didn't have to change the exposure. And focusing, mm -hmm. you know, because we were photographing, you know, churches and things like that, things that weren't moving for the most part. Right. Um, I did do some Native American dancers on a square so that they were moving a little bit, but it was a piece of cake. And, you know, honestly, if I just think about the shooting experience alone, it was just delightful. Just the utter simplicity and how straightforward everything was. I really liked it. Um, it was just glorious. The camera was a lot louder than I remember <laughs> yeah. with that mirror flipping up. And Well, and I but, certainly you know, don't miss the, uh, I don't miss the, the, the OM4 has a split image viewfinder, which is very traditional, which mm -hmm. is a focusing same, same in the F3. But with, with some of the, with the slower lens in some situations that the light was a little dim the, that that split image piece can black out sometimes and i yeah i had forgotten you were about using that f35 lens yeah and i was if using I been, one fours yeah if i had a faster lens that that would have been been good i actually do have a faster lens but i think it's aperture blades are a little bit uh, need to be cleaned out so i didn't i didn't trust bringing it um but uh you know the when you don't have the information overload that you get from a digital camera, you kind of just shoot, <laughs> you know, you just kind of <laughs> do your thing. I mean, you still got to set the exposure and I'm hoping that my exposures came out good. I'm, I'm trusting that the latitude of print film I'm will sure. be my friend here. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not too worried. I, I would, here's my bet. I think you would have done just fine with slide film too, mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah. For me, the exposures were just dead on. And, and, you know, it's interesting. Both of these cameras were 80s vintage. I think the OM4 mm -hmm. came out in 82 or 83, something like that, early 80s. Um, and I don't know about, I don't remember the F3, but, you know, the 80s, early 80s. Right, right before the 80s. Right. So these were pre-autofocus. Pre the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-autofocus days. And if you looked at the advances in, in film cameras between the 70s and 80s, you know, pre-autofocus, most of those advances were in the metering systems mm -hmm. you know, the, because when you went from cameras that didn't have a meter at all and you had to use a, a, a handheld meter to putting a, some kind of a meter in to adding auto exposure modes on top of that. Um, and, and so, um, you know, even though I didn't get to use this feature, the OM4 had a multi-spot metering feature that was, was interesting for its time. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, and this is, you know, Still right when cool. matrix metering was just starting to come out, um, it was a new thing that Nikon had, if I recall. Um, so that evolution of metering, I remember my grandmother always saying, oh, Nikons really do have good meters way back, you know, back in mm -hmm. the day. Um, they were known for that. But the experience was great. It's like the, if there's nothing to review on a hit you, you don't worry about it because it's not there it's just like no, it's not and, and i wasn't the least bit panicked or anything it was like yeah it's gonna be fine right i mean i was a little bit frustrated because i knew i should have had an on uh, in viewfinder meter just i would have really preferred that um and if i ever do film again it'll be with my 
little Nikon uh, EL2, which has a nice match needle meter in the viewfinder. Yeah. One of the things I like about it, but um, you know, it's the story about the. It, it reminds me of of the difference between slow internet and no internet. If your internet goes out, you just say, "Well, I go outside, and I'm just going to deal with it." Mm-hmm. If your internet is being slow, you'll sit there and scream at your computer, <laughs> and you'll just mm-hmm. curse at it. So when you don't have these features, these cameras are stripped down. They don't have all that stuff. You just don't worry about it. Yeah, you just so, don't. So then um, we got back. Um, drop off the film. You've got yours back already. You took yours to a place that has a, a little bit faster turnaround time. Um, one thing that was um, interesting is that both places that we we have, they they pretty much include the default is not to have prints come back. Um, the default was to have your negatives and some scans. And, and then you could also add prints on if you wanted um, or, or do whatever. Um, and then some some shops will give you the option for higher resolution scans if you so chose yeah. that uh, along with your negatives. So it's an interesting thing. I actually chose not to get prints simply because I figure I'll look at the scans and if there's anything that's really good, I'll, I'll digitize the negative with my, mm-hmm. with my with my camera and I can get a, a better quality enlargement. When you think about it, though, I mean, here we are in a digital world. You're shooting film. Um, it's you, 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 at the end of the day, you're probably going to want to share those digitally, right? I mean, that's that's how we're connected these days. Well, and it turns out that the film processors that are out there today and, and that have been out there for a long time at this point do a scan. And, and the prints are made from a scan the mm-hmm. image that they're, it's not the old chemical only process. It's not. It's it's more like a analog digital hybrid thing that's mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. and it makes sense and, because yeah you know. and the and the scans that i got back which they emailed to me um and then called me and told my film told me my film was ready just like the old days um you know they were they're not super high resolution scans they're basically the scans they needed to have to make four by six prints and you know what it, what, it, what i found with them is because I wasn't expecting a lot, to be honest. Um, but they were fine. Um, the The good thing is they they didn't overdo the contrast or the saturation. Mm-hmm. They left some room for me to tweak them in Lightroom, for example, oh, which good. is what I did. And so they actually were pretty decent. I did some of my own scans on them using the little Nikon ES2 adapter mm-hmm. that we've talked mm-hmm. about in the past and then compared them. And honestly, they were pretty close in the end. So, yeah, they did a good job. And, and one thing I've discovered from scanning some old slides that I brought back from my grandmother's place was 45 megapixel is overkill for, <laughs> for a slide oh, scan. God, yeah. You know, uh, you don't you don't need that. Um, you know, 12 to 20 megapixels is probably all you need. Yeah. You know, 24 being on the high end. Uh, so one thing I should mention, and we talked about it in the past, is you know, for the scans or the, the shots that I did using that ES2 adapter, you know, I did them in RAW with the Nikon C7 II. And um, I used a, a plugin for Lightroom called Negative Lab Pro. And it's really good. If you're shooting um, negatives, by God, get it, because it makes life so much easier and it does a good job. 
And then what I did was then batched out stuff from those raw files to um, downsized PSDs that were the equivalent of 24 megapixels mm -hmm. because there was just no point in right. anything bigger. Right. It was just, you know. And you get curvature, you get all kinds of stuff. The lenses aren't no nearly as sharp. Detail. Yeah, no. you, you don't. No. So that's that's interesting. So um, I know that there's... The images are fine. They're good. Yeah. They look so, strangely like my shots. Yeah, they, go, go figure. <laughs> Just strangely. But I know that there's somewhat of a renaissance with people shooting film. And I want to bring this up a little bit, have a little sure. philosophical conversation. Um, I don't know about you, um, but I, oh, I, I have a hunch. Um, yeah, I think you the, too. The, 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 the thing about film is that you're you're you know in in today's world is number one you're probably going to digitize it anyway so that you mm -hmm. can adjust it which you didn't really do much back in the film days especially if you're shooting color print film and you just get your four by sixes and then you take the lab and hey make me an eight by ten right um mm -hmm. and it, it would be you know because rarely did we do any of our own color enlargements and it just wasn't a thing um at home I did it some but it was it's a little bit it was a bit of a pain yeah it's not the easiest thing it's not like black and white which was accessible no. to just about anybody right yeah. so so you don't have as much darkroom stuff um, you get a particular look based on the type of file or the type of film that you buy so you had um uh what did you have again Ektar uh, Ektar, and i had portra which is a lower contrast so it'll be interesting to see what that what that looks like yeah. um i'm not sure you know for me you know, when you when you figure in the detail and the fact that I can make my raw digital files look however I would like them to, including old film or whatever, if if that's my goal, um, I don't see the point in it other than the the sort of nostalgic. This is something different. And my cell phone would never do this kind of thing. Um, I think I think the joy of the film is more in the in the shooting experience, so to speak. Well, I think if there's a joy to be found, I think that's true for both of us. I don't. I wouldn't extrapolate that out to other people doing film shooting these days. I think there's a a different component to it. Um, there's a novelty factor, I think, that some people get attracted to. Yeah, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is there were other customers picking up film and stuff, and they were universally in their twenties. Mm -hmm. So this is so I so I would guess. I, you know. Yeah, yeah, but they were younger people, mm -hmm. and I and I, and from things I've seen and read, that is a bit of a trend. And I think it's a matter of they never had that film experience in the past like we did. Mm -hmm. And so it's more of a novelty they, if they think they're um, or feel like they're doing something a bit different than their friends and stuff. And that's certainly true. So there's an element of it that maybe doesn't resonate with us because we did that and we right. wanted something better, quite honestly. Um, a lot of what I see done with digital cameras, like there's this whole side thing with fujis because of all their film emulation modes and different effects that you can create with them and to me for the most part it just makes it look like really bad film processing <laughs> 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 or, or things that faded over time which 
to me is a negative, but some people really love. That's cool. Um, so there, there are a lot of people who find it appealing for that reason, that old timey look that they've seen in their parents' photos or someone else's, but yeah. Well, and I to, don't know. to quote this text that you sent me a few days ago, okay. I think I'm done with film for the decade. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's yeah. fun. It has its moments, but I don't yeah, think I would. I wouldn't, agree. Yeah. I wouldn't. I, I know that, that was excessively negative. No, I, I enjoyed the shooting experience a lot. The, the, piece of working with the images to get something more akin to my liking yeah that was right. that was a pain and in and, that. and it's expensive i mean the roll of oh, film gosh. that i bought was 20 dollars, and processing and mine was much less because i didn't get prints but my processing was about 10 bucks which isn't terrible but that would add up very quickly especially considering you know, your keeper rate um being what it is and i think you paid a little bit more um because of the the faster processing and 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 the prints and stuff but you know that's not something that you would just want to do i mean i i mean think about it you know you turn in 10 rolls of film that's a hundred dollars in processing and hey it might have been two hundred dollars in film that's three hundred dollars that you just spent on well, on and something to be clear for my roll of 36 exposures between the film cost and the processing cost because i did do more mm -hmm. than you did with you know prints and stuff it came to 60 bucks. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, you can shop around, I suppose, a little bit, yeah, but yeah, I'm that's positive. I could do better. I, you know, with the film, I got it off of Amazon and it was available quickly, uh, mm -hmm. but it's not right. cheap. It and, you know, we're cheap. lucky to have some, some local shops that'll still do some processing. You know, oh, that's, gosh, the other, yeah. that's the other component. We didn't have to mail it off to, you know, Chicago or New York or something, but, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, the, it's there. It's 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 sort of experiencing a little bit of comeback, but I think it's like you said, it's for people who never had that experience before, and they're experiencing it now, and it's something interesting, and they can say it's cool. Look, I shot with film. You know, it's like, and I'm, and I'm certain there are people with opinions different than what we just. Oh described. yeah, there's always a spectrum, but I think for me, I I feel like yeah, check mark. It was fun. It made me feel good that I was able to do it and had no problems. You know, all the old skills came back and yeah, I guess muscle here, memory, but here, here's I what I feel think. compelled to do it again right away. You know, with film, you make a conscious choice with the type of film you put in the camera. You know, that that one roll of film is going to lock you into a certain set of parameters. Is it color mm -hmm. or is it black and white? Is it color transparency or is it color print? Um, what's the ISO? It's going to be fixed, you know, and you're going to get a certain look from a certain film right and 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 that's why there were a lot of choices of film back back in those days because you you needed it that's you know you didn't have the processing you you had the type of film um so for me you know to know that i can go out with my digital camera and shoot and then i can if i want black and white i make black and white if i want low contrast i'll make low contrast if i want punchy colors to look like velvia i'll do that too um, I prefer personally having that flexibility. Um, I know there's wedding photographers that are getting into film and that's cool, but do you really want to lock yourself down to just black and white film for your wedding? Good question. I'm not saying that you shouldn't or you should, yeah. but it's a question to think about. 
Yeah. And, uh, and you know, your wedding photographer better be good <laughs> because yeah. you're prone to a lot, potentially a lot more mistakes. Cause you don't know if it, you know, I mean, we've all screwed up rolls of film in the past. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I'm not, I'm not knocking it, but it was a fun experience. Now, I, I will say when I shot weddings with film a long time ago, I really didn't have problems because I shot print film and mm -hmm. it was, yeah. it's got a lot of, a lot of latitude. Right. No, but there's other ways to screw up, like oh, not having sure. your film load onto the sprockets. <laughs> yeah, that's a good example. All of a sudden, you're shooting 40 exposures on a 36 roll, and you wonder what the heck happened, mm. and you realize you haven't shot any photos because the yeah. film was not advanced. That was always a bad feeling. Yeah, I had that happen. It didn't happen often, but it could it happen to everyone at least once. I yeah, think. and then you learned real fast how to check to make sure your film was spooling up properly. Yeah. Anyway, it was a fun time. We hope you enjoyed this week's show. Um, and if you got questions for us, please drop us a note over on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash image doctors. And we will be back next week with hopefully something a um, little less analog. Than this and week. if you look on our uh, Facebook page, you will see you know, at least a couple images that I, I made using the, Great. the film camera. Nice. Nice. All right. Until next right. time. Happy shooting. All right. Bye-bye.